This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hey guys, Toby Mathis here, and I'm joined by Stefan Whitwell, and we are talking about private lending opportunities and the related risks of going into that. And so I'm going to set the table here. First off, Stefan is a CFP, a fiduciary. CFA. CFA. Yeah. All right. You're, but you're, you're a fiduciary. Yes. Who is a financial professional who manages large amounts of money, millions and millions and millions of dollars, graduate of the Wharton School, blue blood, knows your stuff, swims in these waters daily. And what we're going to be talking about is the tightening of credit because banks are losing deposits. They're not lending. I I liken this back to the recession. We saw similar activity where all of a sudden, before we started, I was talking about, I was doing a a loan with Lehman Brothers on a commercial building. And I said to them, it's almost like you don't want to loan the money. And I took the, my business elsewhere, went to a regional bank, closed within 30 days. And lo and behold, Lehman Brothers goes, goes bankrupt a couple months later. And I just remember going, Jiminy Christmas, they just can't say they're about to go out of business. A lot of banks are in that same area. And so we want to talk about the opportunities that that creates for you. And at the same time, what are the risks involved with those opportunities? So I'm going to hand it to you. What are the opportunities in this market and what are you seeing? Well, I think the immediate opportunity is you're seeing investment funds that are stepping in to fill the borrowing needs of legitimate borrowers today that like you said, are just feeling like, hey, I don't, I don't, you know, doesn't feel like the bank wants my business or they're way too slow and they've got a business to run. So you're seeing more and more funds step into that gap and begin to provide those lending needs. The lending needs that you're seeing, is it Joe, Joe Public or is it large Amazon and other companies? Like, are we talking corporate bonds? Are we talking everything? Is it, is it, is the it? The biggest opportunity, I think, are, are the lending to small and medium sized companies as well as real estate-backed loans. So these are funds, for example, that are lending as a first lien, collateralized by real estate. They typically will specialize in, in one type of real estate. There's a fund that we invest in that does just real estate loans backed by residential real estate. There's another fund that does predominantly commercial real estate. So um, Be careful with that one, right? Yeah. Commercial is going to be a hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Well, so one of the things that's important is when you're doing this kind of lending, you know, if you're lending now, you have the benefit of knowing that, that, that things have changed. You need to be smart about the risk that you're taking. And a lot of these loans are done with a relatively short-term tenors. So you're not locked in for 5, 10, 15 years. These might be funds that are investing in one to two-year loans. And so you're, it, that helps reduce the risk as well. And a lot of these borrowers, again, they're not distressed. They're just stressed by the process of working with banks and they don't want to wait forever to get the loan. And it kind of goes like this. So a bank, you get a deposit, you put your deposit in with the bank. They take that. They're able to do fractional banking. They're able to loan that money, that dollar out. Let's just say in a perfect world, they didn't do that. And all they did is loan your dollar out to somebody else. Deposits are shrinking, right? And their assets are shrinking as a result because they show that as a deposit, unlike your neighbor, the custodial account at, at, at a financial institution where it's your money and it's, and it's bifurcated. In a bank, their assets are shrinking and they're not able to loan. That's right. And if you are somebody who needs to borrow to grow your business, you're in all of a sudden in that weird situation where 
the bank is talking a good game, but they're not moving. You're not getting the funds that you need. So you're going to go to an alternative, which is the private market. And that's what you're doing. These, These funds that somebody would invest in, are they syndications? Are they something that I could do as an individual? How do I get access to these? Yeah, they come in different flavors. They're syndications, they're partnerships, different structures of funds. And you know that's where it's helpful to have a team to be able to come to and, and help you source them and do due diligence on them. But the theme is really that, hey, where banks are struggling, there's new opportunities that are, that are arising for investors like, like you and me. Mm-hmm. And the re- interest rates now are high enough that the rates of return now are attractive. So if you're making eight, nine, 10% with either monthly or quarterly distributions on assets that are not levered and where you have collateral, for a lot of people, they say, hey, you know, this serves a good kind of medium risk, medium return. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking to bet the farm. I just want to stay ahead of inflation and I want to get some cash, cash flow along the way. This can be a, a very helpful. We're seeing this with folks that had, uh, for example, real estate loans that were two, three percent. They don't want to pay them back, and they have the cash, and they're basically, basically, they could be paying off that loan, or they could put it into out there to go generate some income. And then they're sitting there going, "Should I put it in that CD that's paying me four and a half, five percent? Should I put it in the money market that's paying me four and a half, five percent, or should I do this?" And you're able to, you're getting seven, eight percent returns. Is that is that kind of the target in these? I think seven, eight is very uh, doable. And if you have access to firms that specialize in this area, I mean, there's also ones that are, you know, making a little bit more than that. Higher risk, obviously. Well, let's talk about risk in one second. I want to first talk about the tax side of it. So when you are making these returns, it's also even more attractive if you can locate this asset inside your self-directed IRA or your self-directed Roth, Mm -hmm. or even inside your, you know, your company it could be a, a defined benefit plan or a cash balance plan. So that's the other way that people have been benefiting from using this kind of strategy because then you're not paying tax on it. Yeah, because if you're, if you're making interest, let's say that you're invested in a fund and you're making interest, it's ordinary income. It's ordinary income, very so, high. Yeah, so if you could put that into a IRA, 401k, defined benefit plan or whatever, exactly. then it's it, it, it's exempt, it's not going to be taxed. Or it's going to be deferred. It's not yeah, going to be it's compounding at a really nice solid. Or an HSA. Let's just throw that out. That's that's the triple threat out there. If you don't know what that is, health savings accounts. Yeah. Those things are awesome too. But you could be investing in these. Only accredited investors or can other people participate? Other people can participate, but I would say there's still well over half still have you know minimums, minimum requirements. And, yeah. And, and that's fair. Now, you said you mentioned there was two opportunities. Right? Yeah. Well, actually, I want to go back to your comment about risks. I think that I'm glad you asked about that. Any type of investment strategy has risk, and this is no exception. So it's important that you be smart about it. And let me give you three different things to pay attention to. So one is leverage, right? Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people out there who are adding a lot of leverage to the strategy because they're trying to make 16, 17, 18, 20% returns, mm-hmm. but it's because they're adding a lot of debt inside that investment vehicle. I would be careful about that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. You're not a big debt fan. I don't, I, I think you need to be very, very careful with that. They're levering up because the cash on cash return looks better that right. way, right? You're like, oh, this is even faster. Makes it easy for them to raise money. People yeah. go, oh, wow, this is great. I'm making a higher return. But, but it's higher risk. It works until it doesn't. And then it gets really ugly fast. And I just personally, in terms of our practice, I don't want to lose sleep at night worrying about that. And I don't, most of our 
I'm sure you're the same, but most people don't want to give up sleep for a few extra points. No. No. What about the other opportunities? So let's say like we're, st- we're sitting in a building here. I don't know if it's yep. financed or not. It's not my building, but let's just say this this building here has a loan on it, and uh, it just lost thirty percent of its. You know, it's it's thirty percent vacant now because businesses are not using making employees come into the office. I think that's probably pretty close to the vacancy rate. Like there's millions and millions and millions. It's of more than foot. that, actually, Toby. Exactly. I just looked at the most recent statistics. If you look at the top ten U.S. metro areas and look at the office buildings, they're Physical occupancy, which is reality, right? I mean, the leases can lag, but the mm. physical occupants today, 50% still. 50%. All right. So all of a sudden you have a, a note that might not be performing or it's going to reset. I think we have over $1.5 trillion of resets coming in the next three years, which means they're going to be, all of a sudden the debt's going to be much, much higher. The cost of that debt's going to be much, much higher. What's the opportunity there? Are they going to be selling off these notes? Is there going to be an opportunity to come in and buy distressed notes? Yeah. So there's two flavors of the opportunity. One, you're going to have professional investors that are just upside down and walk away from it. And that property will be taken over by a servicer and that'll then be sold at a significant discount. And so we've seen already examples this year of that happening quite a bit. Uh, It's happened with a couple large-scale malls. It's happened with some big office towers in San Francisco most recently and including a couple large hotels where the professional investors have just- They're walking away and they're saying, we're done. And it's like uh, here in Vegas, for example, I always use examples uh, of stuff that I dealt with. You had banks that took back a lot of properties. They foreclosed on those properties, but they weren't in the business of being a landlord. So they would just sit there with this, we call it shadow inventory. There's all these vacant houses and we would work with the banks to maintain them. Like that was a lot of investors just like myself said, hey, you know what, let's go out there, we'll mow the lawn, we'll make sure it stays clean, we'll make sure that it doesn't look like it's a vacant property so you don't get squatters. But they weren't in the business of being a landlord. They were in the business of being a bank. They're going to dump those properties eventually. We were buying them up like crazy. BlackRock was buying them up like crazy. Everybody that was an investor was salivating, saying, give me give me a bank tape, right? That was always the thing. Is that going to happen? Are there going to be these types that's al- of assets? That's already starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, those assets, failed assets, Think about how hard it would be to take that asset, go to your local bank and be like, hey, I'd like to get a loan on this failed asset. It's not going to happen. Your local banker is going to cringe and kind of pull away from you immediately. So those often are sold all cash, which means there's fewer buyers and those buyers have even more leverage in terms of negotiating lower prices. So how do we participate in that? How do, how do I participate in that? If, if I don't have a banking relationship, I don't know, and I'm not going to buy a building that's in distress or whatever, but, but how do I participate if you're like me? and You, you just mentioned the magic word, that's distressed. So there are distressed investment funds that do exactly that. So they either buy the hard asset or as we were talking about earlier, they'll buy that paper, the note from the bank at a huge discount because that bank has already taken a write-off against that. So the bank will, will sell that paper for a significant discount. The funds will buy that paper, foreclose on the asset, and then either sell it or operate it for a little while. And you can find these funds. You have access to these funds, I take it. There's a number of funds out there. We work with a number of them. It requires a little bit of sophistication because you have to, it's a different set, of, it's, a, it's a different process than normal, but it's a very, very common strategy that's been around. I mean, because every 10, 15 years, we have a crisis, right? It goes through right? the cycle, right? It seems like it's cyclical and you keep dealing with yeah. it over and over again. Last time the government screwed it all up by bailing out the banks and let it, instead of letting us just buy the notes and deal with the, with the, with the borrowers, 
the banks pretended to do the modifications and they took the government money and they hosed all their their, their borrowers. Because I know because before the bank bailout and after the bank bailout, we were doing modifications and it was so much easier before the bailout. After the bailout, oh. the banks lied to you through their teeth. They wouldn't mediate. They pretend they like work they were. With you, no. yeah, there was no, there was no incentive for it. No, the government got involved. So hopefully, the government stays on the sidelines and lets the market do what the market yeah. should be doing, which is, hey, there'll there'll be folks like you who you know are funds that come and put together monies to go out and take over these distressed assets in profit as a result. And it's funny because the word distress is kind of scary, but don't let it scare you because if you're on the right side of that transaction, it can be, in my opinion less risky than going out there and paying a market price for some asset. I mean, you're buying things at significant discounts in complicated situations, and that's why you're getting paid very, very well in those funds. Now, you have to understand these funds do not pay out money every quarter or, or on a regular basis. The way these funds work is you make an upfront investment, and you should count on having to hold that fund for three to four, maybe five years. And it's towards the end of that where a lot of these realizations, the profit then comes back to you, your principal comes back to you. So it's just a different style, but those higher return, distressed investment type funds, you know, don't expect cash flow along the way, but they're significant opportunities. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing a long-term play because the market at this point in time is tight on the credit. Banks are suffering. Banks are losing deposit. There'll be more bank failures. And as a result, there's going to be, and they're holding a ton of this paper anyway, you're going to see the credit markets tighten. And you're going to have private individuals going to have to step in there. Yeah. And you're going to see funds looking to take over the asset. And you're going to see funds putting together lending opportunities where you can participate and you can become the lender. And hopefully the government stays on the sidelines and quits I messing sure hope so. with these things. Because the last time that would have, it would have been much better off for everybody had they not done that. Much better. That's my personal opinion. You know, the, one of the hardest things too for people who, you know, what, what happens is a lot of these deals start getting marketed and you start seeing people trying to sell you an investment in a, a property that- um, You're already seeing it. Yeah. You well, see like, oh, there's a here's an office tower and you could own a high rise and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's empty, isn't it? There, there's an old, there's an old uh, phrase, don't catch a falling knife. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because the initial discounts look really, oh, it's 30% off. But I just would encourage you to be as hard as it is, say no more than you say yes, and just be patient, wait it. It's not going to- this is going to be a slow-moving train wreck, not an overnight, oh, I missed it kind of deal. So don't, don't be afraid of saying no. You know, get an extra opinion if you need to, but, but don't fall for the hype. The, the people that are patient and really wait for those opportunities tend to, tend to do better. Well, that's good advice. And so obviously, we're just bringing up something that's going to be an opportunity and it's giving you the opportunity, you know, making you aware so that you could take advantage of it and, and do bet and, uh and benefit as a result. And it just comes down to this. The market needs these products and they need these funds and they're willing to pay for it. And normally they go to source A, which might be the banks, that's drying up. So they're going to go to source B, which is you and me, as part of these funds. And you're going to get introduced to those funds through somebody like a Stefan. Find a fiduciary who is a money manager and get access to these things the right way. Don't go out there and look on the internet and 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 see what you know soup du jour. Be very very careful about this and make sure that you have somebody that's getting you along the way. Thanks, Stefan, for coming in because uh, pretty You're enlightening. Welcome. Fun to be here. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode. 